It's podcasting time. I am Jonathan Isaacson, and this is Just Another Jerk, Dispatches from Japan. The podcast, of course. Subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, and rate the show, and if you have a minute or two, please review. Leave a review, because that's what the cool kids do. Um, And the really cool kids, they share the podcast with their friends. You want to be a cool kid, right? You know what to do. So today I am coming at you with a sort of short uh, episode. Um, Not as short as it should be, but shorter than I usually go. Um, So I hope it's an interesting one, though. I I think you'll find it, especially if you know Japan, especially, especially if you have lived here. Um, it's especially interesting, I think. But anyway, let's get into it. So the other day, I was watching a YouTube video from a YouTuber named Tom Scott. Um, he's from England. And if you know me, if you know what I like, the things that I enjoy, check out his video, just a couple of random videos of his, and you will quickly understand why I enjoy his channel. Um, but so the other recently he uploaded a video talking about how they can use the background hum from the power mains from the power grid to timestamp a video or audio recording that had some sort of in some any sort of electrical device that was plugged in to the power grid you know they had plugged into a socket um, and the video. Uh, they were to say they were talking about. Uh, he, he mentioned that the UK, England, and the rest of the UK, and most of Europe, in fact, power is transmitted at fifty hertz, fifty cycles per second. The electricity mains, and he also mentioned that in some parts of the world, um, the frequency is sixty hertz. And I'm here. I am looking at you, United States and Canada, and actually most of the Americas. Um, we're not talking voltage here, right? That's the 110, you know, the 100, 110, 120, whatever, 200 in some places. It The voltage is a lot more varied, but the frequency pretty much all over the world is either 50, mostly it's 50, and then, like I say, the U- America's largely the 60s. Um, so, yeah, this is the alternating current transmission frequency that is coming through your mains, coming through your power outlets, your plugs in the wall. And that reminded me, watching that video, him talking about some places use 50, some places use 60 hertz. Japan uses both. And I remember learning this back when I first moved to Japan. So at this point, we're getting close to two decades ago now. And I remember being told that depending on your location, either eastern or western Japan, you might have some problems with electrical items that use motors or rely on electric the electric current for their timing. Um, so things like hair dryers, uh, a plug-in analog clock, that sort of thing. You know, something that, that, that spins, basically. Now, the frequency of the electricity, I was told, at least, might make them run a little funny. I mean, again, this is what we were told when we, you know, this is, again nearly 20 years ago at this point. And all that that was probably true, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, that yes, 
the difference in the frequency that that could cause a problem. Um, but from what I've been reading, what I gather now, it's not so much a, a thing anymore. Um, so what am I talking about here? So Japan has essentially two main power grids. Some of the small islands have their own power grids, but generally speaking, Japan has, it's divided into two big power grids, um, kind of like the U.S., I mean, actually, actually, technically, yes, the U.S. is three grids, um, you know, the Eastern Interchange, the Western Interchange, and then there's Texas. But, you know, let's just leave Texas out just just for the sake of saying there's an Eastern grid and a Western grid. The U.S. has it. So does Japan. Unlike the U.S., however, Japan. Well, OK, let, let, me, let me back up here. So. The two grids here in Japan, the East and Western grid, are basically completely incompatible. Um, I mean, technically, yes, you can send power between Western and Eastern Japan and vice versa, but the capacity to do so is extremely limited. I know there are some issues in the U.S. too with going from one interchange from, from the Eastern to the Western grid and all that, but it's it's doable. It's it's more doable in the U.S., but then there's Texas. But again, Texas, just just for right now, I'm sorry, Texas. Well, we'll you can just, you're on your own. You, do, you like to do your own thing. So Texas, you stay out of this just for right now, please. We'll talk about, we can talk about, about you later, but whatever. Anyway, like I say, Japan, Eastern, Western grids, basically incompatible. There are four facilities in the entire country that can convert the power from one grid and make it usable on the other. Four spots in the entire country that you can send electricity through. And that's it. And why is that? Well, Eastern Japan, so Tokyo, um, where I live in, in Tohoku and Sendai and Hokkaido, everything is on 50 hertz. The 50 hertz standard that Again, that's the major. I would say, yeah, the majority of countries in the world run on a 50 hertz standard. All of Europe, um, and like say some other places too, but most of the world runs on 50 hertz, and Eastern Japan is part of that 50 hertz standard. Western Japan, on the other hand, uses the 60 hertz standard, which is what say in the Americas, largely uh, South Korea is also on the 60 hertz standard. Um, yeah. Oh, and again, I know I've mentioned this before, but just a quick side note. Japan is an east-west nation, right? Despite what you might think from looking at maps, right? I know as a kid, I always thought, you know, Japan, oh, it's more north-south. No, it's not north-south. It's not a north-south-oriented country. It's an east-west orientation here in Japan. Um the majority of the population lives roughly on a, like an east-west axis. Like if you look at a map, Tokyo, Yokohama, um, right, and then you've got Osaka, Kobe, Kyoto, kind of that's those those are the two big population centers. You can draw a pretty straight line east-west between them. You got Nagoya in the kind of western part, a little bit west of center. That's basically a straight line, east-west. So Japan is an east-west nation. Anyway, right, that's that's really neither here nor there, but 
That's to say, Japan does not think of itself as a north-south country. It's an east-west country. Anyway, so the divide between the two frequencies, the 50 hertz and the 60 hertz frequencies, pretty much exactly along those lines of eastern and western Japan. Um, it's not perfect, right? Like Nagano typically would be in the eastern Japan, but it's in the, the 60 hertz region. Um, but like I say, more or less east-west Japan, that's the divide between 50 and 60 hertz. Now, there, like I say, there are, ev there are even actually a few small communities that have small areas, I should say, that have that that use both the 50 and 60 hertz, and I don't exactly know how that works out, um, but apparently that is a thing in a few communities in Niigata and Nagano, um, in those prefectures, but yeah, I'm not sure how that works. So how did Japan end up with these two different, more or less, completely incompatible power grids? Now, as a lot of the articles that I was reading that I would like to say, um, it was a quirk of history that was the phrase that a lot of them like to use a quirk of history um you know or you know you could just say back in the late 19th century the people in osaka and tokyo bought equipment from two different countries and then the two power grids developed until the entire country was electrified using technology from one of these two power centers in the country and these two cities have something of a rivalry and by the time anyone thought about doing anything about the discrepancy it was probably really too late because so much had been invested by you know both major corporations and individual consumers that making a switch to a unified power grid was both culturally and economically difficult or something like that um yeah anyway so we'll, we'll go with something like that um in 1895 a company in Tokyo bought electrical equipment from the... It's the company that would go on to be AEG, which is a major German um, power company um, who, you know, did some stuff with the Nazis and, you know, some not so, not so, good, not so good stuff in the 1930s, 1940s. Uh, but, um, yeah, this is, this is pre-Nazi era, so, you know, whatever. Um, and also... At this point, late 1800s, early 1900s, there's a strong connection between Germany and Japan, um, two countries kind of coming into their own um, in the, after the German Confederation and then Japan coming out of the feudal era, coming becoming modern countries very rapidly. Um, there, it's a big convoluted history that you know I can get into some other day, not today, but anyway, 1895. Tokyo, a power, an electric equip, uh, electric company in Tokyo buys equipment from the company that goes on to be AEG. And that equipment, not surprisingly, transmitted electricity at 50 hertz. Right? That's the standard that pretty much your, all of Europe uses today. I think there may be one or two countries that don't, but basically all of Europe, 50 hertz. That's, you know, so you get a, equipment from Europe, it's going to be 50 hertz. Makes sense. And then a year later, in 1896, a company in Osaka bought equipment from GE, of course, a U.S. company. And that equipment, not surprisingly, generated electricity at 60 hertz. Now, at the time, no one really probably thought much of it, right? Osaka, Tokyo, not particularly close. This electricity thing, it was pretty new. 
right? Making electricity to power things. 1890s, it's not everywhere yet. You know, at this point, I'm sure people didn't think of electricity as a fad. I'm sure they saw that it was very much the future, but they probably didn't realize quite how important electricity, right, the role it would play in the future of the world, in the, you know, in the 20th century. You know, and like I say, Tokyo, Osaka, they are, you know, 400 kilometers apart, right? They're far away at, you know, in 1890s terms. You know, it didn't matter that, you know, around the two, you know, at the turn of the 20th century, late 1800s, early 19th, it didn't matter that, you know, Osaka and Tokyo were on different power standards, right? They weren't going to be connected anytime soon, at least, right? They were two completely separate entities. I mean, sure, yes, they were connected by railroad at this point, right? The Tokaido main line, which is the train line between Kanto and Kansai, which is the Tokyo-Osaka metro areas, respectively. Um, right? It didn't matter. Yes, those were connected in 1889 by a, tra- a rail line. So I'm sure there were probably some people somewhere thinking that maybe Japan would be connected in new and crazy ways in the near future, probably even with electricity. But apparently no one at the electric companies, the power companies in Tokyo and Osaka, none of them considered the possibility that, you know, maybe this kind of, you know, two different standards, maybe not a great thing, but, you know... I'm, I'm going to guess someone somewhere probably saw this coming. You know, obviously, electricity, kind of a big deal. Um, you know, and Japan, definitely very electrified as a nation. Um, probably too much so, um, I think you could argue. But this split, this 50-60 hertz split, 50 in the east, 60 in the west, that is still... The reality here. And while I was told, you know, you know, 20 years ago at this point almost, using things like hair dryers for a long time on the wrong frequency would lead them to burn out faster, you know, plugging your clock into the wall if it's the wrong frequency, it would make them run fast or slow depending on what they were built for, you know. If, from what I have read, that's kind of a thing of the past. At this point, most electronics, at least Japanese-designed ones, they're they're designed to be able to cope with both power grids. You can plug them in at 50, you can plug them in at 60. You may need to flip a switch somewhere on them, but they should be able to handle both from what I have been reading. So it's not really much of an issue for the average person, you know, at least not most of the time. Now, the issue does arise when something knocks out a lot of the power supply to one of the two grids. You know, like what happened in Texas last week. Hi, Texas, I see you. You know, you Texas had a problem getting power because they're not actually connected very directly. I mean, they are connected, but not very much to the rest of the country's power grid. You know, that so a big winter storm could cause a problem. Or, you know... A once in a century, once in a, you could say even longer, once in a millennium, eh, probably not that much, once in a century, sort of earthquake and tsunami, right? You know, like maybe a little bit like what happened in 2011, 
just maybe. Um, yeah, Eastern Japan in that earthquake, that tsunami, lost a lot of its generating capacity. Western Japan still had most of its generating capacity. But the Western Japanese grid could only send a tiny, tiny fraction of what was needed across into the Eastern grid because at that time there were only three converter stations. There's one more since then. There's another, I mentioned four. At the time, there were all of three conversion stations that could convert 50 to 6, I guess it would be that way, 60 to 50 hertz, right, from Western to Eastern Japan. There were only three places in the entire country that could do that. And so Western Japan couldn't help out Eastern Japan. So, yeah, the capacity to transfer the electricity between the two grids is extremely limited. And so why not switch to one or the other? I mean, there have been talks about it in the past. Uh, apparently, the idea was floated at least somewhat seriously, enough so to be, you know, mentioned in a lot of the articles I was reading. Um, and I think I think it's on the wiki page as well, Wikipedia. But in 1939 and 1945, so kind of start of World War II and the end of World War II, um, there were at least some considerations about unifying the power grid. But nothing ever came of it. And at that point of the in that point of time, you also had to worry about the consumers, right? Appliances, machines for companies, those were built for one or the other, right? You couldn't switch, you couldn't take your big heavy machines from Osaka and use them in Tokyo. It just wouldn't work. You'd have to completely redo the electric work. So yeah, it, it, it was not just you know the power companies, it was the individual consumers that you needed to consider. But, of course, there were also the power companies that you had to consider because if you make a switch, all the power companies in one half of the country would have to retool their entire operation. You know, an extremely costly undertaking, I'm sure. Um, I mean, you can get into the cost-benefit analysis and probably in the long run it makes sense, but it hasn't been done. Um, and, you know... I know that the whole topic of switching to one or the other, it did come up again in 2011 after the disaster, but it never really went anywhere. And why not? Why has this discussion not moved beyond, well, it'd be nice if Japan had one power grid. Why has it stopped there? Why has it stopped in this kind of pie in the sky thinking? For one, it's the power companies, the electric companies. They are extremely powerful corporations in this country. Um, and from what I've read, no one wants to piss them off. Not other companies that need the power, not, not the politicians. No one wants to piss off the power companies. Um, you know, even though TEPCO, Tokyo Power and Electric Power Company, um, Tokyo, Tokyo Electric Power Company, there we go, TEPCO, they're the ones that run Fukushima. Uh, despite the fact that there was some discussion of nationalizing them after the disaster. But again, that didn't happen um, when they were at their weakest. So, I mean, that tells you something. Even, with that, even when they were at their weakest, no one wanted, to, no one wanted to, to, to piss them off. Anyway, so yeah, that, that's one reason. And another one, and this is just my hypothesis. You have the Osaka-Tokyo rivalry. Now, these two cities are always in competition. You know, a lot like, you know, any country that has two 
mega cities, two very large cities. You know, in the U.S., think L.A., New York, right? There is a rivalry between these two cities. Switching nationally to one standard or the other would mean that one city wins, right? You're either going to go on Tokyo standard, which is what you would do, or Osaka standard. Because let's be honest, if they're going to switch, it makes sense to go with Tokyo. Tokyo is the bigger one. It's the capital. And it's on the 50 hertz standard, which is more of the world. So if you were to do it, you would probably go with 50 hertz. And then Western Japan would have to retool everything. But anyway, Osaka would have to lose probably. And and no one will probably say this and probably very few will even think it consciously. But this rivalry, this rivalry between Osaka and Tokyo means that no one wants to concede even on something this important, like unifying the national grid, right? I, it would make it a lot easier to connect the two grids if they were on the same frequency, right? Obviously, it's no guarantee. I mean, high Texas, you know, U.S., they're all on 60 hertz, but Texas couldn't get power after their winter storms. Um, so, right, it's not a guarantee that having the same frequency would make it easier to connect, but it makes it a lot more likely and, yeah, a lot more, just a lot easier. So, yeah. And like I said, I, I did... I mentioned this very. I mentioned this briefly before. I do wonder about those few little communities in uh, in uh, Niigata and Nagano, right? These little pockets that all the maps say they're using both fifty and sixty hertz, and I really, really wonder how that works exactly. Um, I'm not sure. There's something I will have to look into a little more deeply to figure out how does it work if you live in a community that uses both fifty and sixty hertz power. Do you have just have to be extra? Well. Did you, did you have to be extra careful about what appliances you were using and plugging into where? Because some place, some houses had one. Some, I, I have no idea. Because I'll have to look that up. I didn't find it yet, but I'll, I'll just have to keep searching for it. Because at this point in history, I don't think it matters very much. Because like I say, most appliances, most electronics and things, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're built to handle both. But yeah. So yeah, there you go. That is why Japan has two separate power grids that they used to tell you be careful about your hair dryers and your plug-in analog clocks, right? Because of history, right? There's always a historical explanation to all these little weird quirks in our plate where we live and things. Sometimes it's easy to find the answer. Sometimes not so hard, not so easy. This was a pretty easy one to find the answer to. But anyway... That is where we will leave it for today. Not nearly as short as I was hoping, but what do you expect? Anyway, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever it is that you cast your pods. Uh, The podcast is on most major platforms as far as I know. should be on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, Amazon Podcasts, and probably some other ones. If it's not on your favorite platform, let me know. It's generally pretty easy to get your feed into a different platform. Um, I'll look into it. Anyway, uh, follow me on Twitter at JustAnotherCast. You can email the show. 
justanotherjerkpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all of that information on the website, which is tinyurl.com slash jerkpod. That's all for me. I'm Jonathan Isaacson, and I'm out. Peace.